We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Transformative Principle, Episode 74 with Brendan Hufford. I'm really excited about this interview today. It's a pretty good one. We talk about some entrepreneurial skills that kids need and how teaching kids how to be entrepreneurial could be just as important to them as learning how to read. So pretty interesting stuff here today. Um, I hope you enjoy it. Also, Brendan has a an offer for you who are listening. Um, if you go to his website at brendanhufford.com slash principal, he's got some cool tools, a uh, little ebook that you can download uh, to help you out. So- Before we got started recording, you were talking about how you um, taught, you were trained to teach secondary, but then when you got to Indiana, worked for a year as a, as a first grade teaching assistant, right? Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about what you learned there and how you, how you actually, how that benefited you as a high school teacher. Man, so when I got, I came from New York and I moved out here and I took a while for my certifications. I took my tests at the end of my senior year and it took a month to get the results. So now it's July mm-hmm. and I'm out here. And then I have to take these tests. I didn't get all my certifications in Indiana and Illinois until September, but by then all the jobs are taken. So especially if you're a social studies teacher, because they freaking lied to me, they're like, we need teachers. And it's like, oh, no, 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 we don't need teachers. Social (laughs) studies, we have a thousand extra of those. Sorry, our bad. Yeah. Um, So there's no jobs. And I was just looking for anything, and luckily my mother-in-law is a beautiful human being and also an educator, and she was able to get me a couple uh, interviews at different positions, and I ended up becoming a, like you said, a teacher's assistant in a first-grade classroom. And I 
saw children at the beginning of the year who couldn't read at all, like zero reading. And at the end of the year, they could read at like a second grade level. Mm-hmm. And that was incredible to me because when you give somebody, I, I want to say that other than like spoken word, the, the gift of reading, the gift of self-education, there is no better gift that you can give a human being than that. Yeah. And that, I mean, that opens the whole world to somebody, right? They can, that's where they can start living the, 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 the fable of like, you can be whatever you want to be. Well, not until you can read, let's be honest, mm-hmm. you know, like, and when these kids could start reading, it was so incredible to see that transformation. You know, I get a little bit of dust in my eyes just thinking about it. Yeah. And <laughs> and the problem is that I'll, I've yet to meet many secondary teachers who don't just get frustrated when the kids can't read. Yeah. They just figure it was somebody else's job along the way and you screwed them up and now they're just going to scrape by. Right. And well, what if you actually knew how to teach kids to read? What if you knew when you saw a kid doing something, you're like, oh, I know what they're doing. You know, when they read really quickly and they just throw in another word that looks like the word that's there Mm -hmm. and they're not actually saying. And then you make them you stop and you go, no, 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 say that again. And they'll say it again. I'll be like, does that make sense to you? I don't know. No, I'm I'm really I'm really asking you. Yeah. No, no, no. Does that like think about what you just read and they'll think in their head and they're like, you know, that word doesn't make any sense. I'm like, Mm -hmm. so maybe it's a different word. And they're like, oh, you know, when you can actually speak to somebody about like the art of reading and not just ignore it, because that's what I feel like a lot of teachers do. And not to dog teachers, because I'm still very I'm still teacher, 100 percent teacher, like 99 percent teacher, 1 percent principal. But uh, I think that it's easier to ignore it sometimes. So to be able to actually teach a high schooler to read, which I got to do a couple times, uh, it was beautiful. Because I, you know, I'm not taking any credit, but like I was given the opportunity to help save this kid's life. Totally. That's cool. And, and it really is saving their life. So my oldest daughter was born with Down syndrome. And when she was born, my grandpa said, well, are you going to put her in an institution? And I was like, of course not. She's my daughter. That's crazy. But even with those challenges, I didn't know what she was going to be able to do. She's in third grade now. And she's just now learning how to decode words and actually sound out words, you know, and awesome. now that she's able to do that, I feel like, okay, now I really believe she can do anything. If she can learn how to read and understand what she's reading, then I really do believe that there's no limit on what she can do. And yeah, she's going to have struggles and challenges, but up until just this year when she's been able to start doing that, I have really been concerned and worried about what what her life is going to be like but recognizing that she can read she can now do anything and so what i want to tie this back to is your idea that we need to teach kids entrepreneurial skills because when they have entrepreneurial skills and can actually make money and they can read then we are teaching them that they don't have to be a slave to anybody else that they can define what their life looks like and they can do the things that they really want to do. And, and, you know, we started talking about that a little bit ago and I just wanted to get back to that because I really believe that this idea of, of teaching kids to read, that is a fundamental skill that every single kid needs to be able to do. But so is being able to 
make a living for yourself as dave ramsey would say get out of the cave go out and kill something and drag it back and eat it that is a skill that that everybody needs to be able to have and it's I freaking not... love dave ramsey <laughs> i figured you so did. great <laughs> so, so great. i do too um so anyway i just think that that is a you know being able to teach kids entrepreneurial skills is is incredibly valuable then when they do go to college and they have a huge tuition to pay if we can teach them to find a way to pay that instead of taking out loans then that is that's going to be huge for them also i took out a bunch of loans just a couple of years ago my wife and i got out of debt and right now we don't have any debt and it's an amazing feeling to know that we are totally debt free and don't have to worry about paying somebody else money when we get it our money is for us it's not for the bank or the credit card company or the student loan company those are those are pretty good feelings and to think that there are people who who have been in debt for you know decades and are still struggling under that i i don't want that for my kids i don't want that for any other kids I agree. How can you tell your children to live? How can I look at my child, my son? Um, how many kids do you have? John? I have four. Congratulations. What are their names? Uh, Katya, then Callie, then Tenzing, then Eloise. That's beautiful. Awesome. So my son's one and a half. His name's Evan. And Solid. I can't look at, yeah, I can't look at uh, him straight face and tell him he can be whatever he want to be, you know, he wants to be. And I can't tell him to uh, live his dreams if I'm not doing the same thing. I don't have the potential to do the same thing. And I don't think you can look at high school students and tell them they can be whatever they want to be when they grow up. If you don't also have that in your heart, mm -hmm. you know, choosing to be a teacher is one thing, but being there because it's, it's the thing to do. It's the thing that pays the bills. I, it's hard, man. It's a hard thing for me to weigh because it's such an important job. It's like kind of being like a a fireman because it pays the bills or a policeman. Like, don't get me wrong. You're going to have hard days and hard seasons and hard years. You might even have a hard two or three years in a row. But if your heart's not in it long-term, like that's not fair to the kids and it's not fair to you. And I think a big part of that is, you know, having that, like, I don't, I don't need this. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but like, I'm be honest with you. Like, I don't need this. I can choose to be there mm -hmm. and I want to be there. And like, I don't, I could quit today and be fine financially. It's not about that for me. And when I can put that kind of heart into it, um, and it's still not at all by any means easy, but because I have that entrepreneurial mindset, I'm more innovative. I'm more, you know, like we were talking about the other day, just in my art room, we have like tall tables and tall chairs. Mm -hmm. I was like, look, we can't get standing desks in the classroom, but let's take all the chairs out of the art room. Just see how the kids do. Just see what happens. Mm -hmm. You know, like trying to be innovative, trying to do things that are exciting. And I don't mean like spend more money on technology. Like that's what every school's excuse is. Well, let's just throw more computers at them. That'll solve right. it. Yeah. Doesn't, man. Like let's look at some low tech stuff that's going to make a difference. Like let's do exercises in the morning and in the afternoon after lunch. Like things like that that has have been around in like Eastern Asian countries for decades. And we're like just throwing more laptops at the kids. It doesn't help. So the, I guess my point is that when you have an entrepreneurial mindset, you're always looking for things that are better. 
you know, in your business and like, oh, these people are doing that. I wonder how that looks in my business. And I think this mm -hmm. and that and you're studying and you're self-educating. But when you don't have that mindset, you just continue doing what you've always done. And the more we give kids that, the more we bring that into our schools as administrators, the better off they'll be. Yeah, totally. And I really like how you said right there, the studying and self-educating. And that's what um, that's what we really want to teach our kids. If if they can learn how to learn themselves, they can they again, you know, they can do anything and there aren't things that are blocking them, you know, and the same goes for us, too. If we can study and self-educate ourselves about what could change how we do things, then we're going to be a lot more successful in actually getting those things to change. So you've you're you've been at the same school for eight years and you're you're still having these ideas of of how you can can change do you being an entrepreneurially minded administrator do you get pushback from from people around you that you know let's just do it how we've always done education or or do you feel that your schools fosters and supports that that mindset that you have um, less now we had a turnover in administration in the last year. So much less this year, but prior to that, yeah, quite a bit. Uh, we had a much older, very traditional administration. So for instance, my boss last year would tell me I got not reprimanded, but I was told very sternly to take, I have this really cool, like Ikea chair in my office mm -hmm. and I was told to take it away, to take it out of my office because <laughs> no child should ever be comfortable in your office. <laughs> and I was like, holy crap, you don't get it. Right. Like you don't get it. And this is the same person who told me, like I said, well, we need like a, we need a, sc a school Facebook page and a school Twitter. Like they're talking about us on there, not negatively, but the conversation is happening and we can't join in. And we can't add and we can't communicate. That's where people are. That's where the eyes and the ears are. And I think that her response was, what is a tweeter? Right. And I was like, never mind. <laughs> never mind. 1982. You're living in 1982. And I live in 2015. And you think that I'm nine years old, probably. So whatever. So did, um, did you go and create a Facebook page and a, and a Twitter account? Yeah, we did and right. uh, made it happen with the school. I mean, it's still a nightmare. Like we, this is so ready. This is another hot button topic. And I think it's so dumb. Schools blocking YouTube. Like mm -hmm. I know, oh, but they're going to watch this. They're going to watch that. Well, like what, the, like, are, is this freaking the 19, like, is, is this the red scare again? Like, are we going to start banning books? Like, I think it's so, so there's adults in the room. Like, right. why are you nervous about the kid? They're going to go and look at videos. They shouldn't be. Well, what's preventing them right now from getting out a book and reading a, an illicit book in class? Nothing. And that was a concern a long time, you know, 40 or 50 years ago. Yeah. Well, now we're so concerned about this. Just open it up. There's an adult in the room. If the adult in the room is not paying attention and lets them look at all sorts of crazy stuff, that's the adult's fault, not the kids. Right. And. I think the blocking of YouTube and the blocking of social sites uh, on school web, it's so dumb because it's like, just, just monitor them. Don't ban it. You know, look at what happened when we tried to ban alcohol and prohibition. It was so much more trouble, but people don't see it like that. It's like, if you just, when you just legalize alcohol, it was a lot easier. And when you just legalize these, and I, right, let's compare Twitter to uh, <laughs> alcohol, but all right, probably should have thought about that one first, but 
I just think that like it, it's so much more effective and you teach kids to use it as a tool to educate themselves. Hey guys, we're learning about um, civil rights today. We're all going to go on twitter.com slash search and look up civil rights. What are the conversations that are literally happening this minute about yeah. civil rights? What a cool lesson that would be. You know, hey guys, uh, what we're going to do today for an activity is you are going to make a Twitter account for a famous historical figure during class today. And you're going to send out five tweets. You're going to give them a profile picture and you're going to do all these things. You're going to send out five tweets uh, from that. And then I'm going to walk around at the end of class. I'm going to check your tweets and see how they are. And kids like would probably come up with hilarious hashtags mm -hmm. and stuff and like silly puns. And it's like it would show that like highest level of like synthesis and they would really get it. But oh, no, no, no. We're too afraid. Yeah. Too well, afraid of let's take it to the next level and say, go and see what is happening with civil rights right now on social media and then get one of those people to Skype into our class and talk to us about what they are seeing with civil rights right this minute. Someone who's actively talking yeah. about it and engaged in it. What are they going to teach us about civil rights today? Not just you know, what we can read in our history books, but about today, actually, and not, not limit ourselves to the things that we can only read in history. You know, there are things happening right totally. now that we need to be paying attention to. Totally. And like, what if we went on there and that somebody was talking about civil rights and then we saw their next tweet was that they were starting a live, like, meerkat stream. Right. And they yeah. were there. They were freaking there, like, at this thing, whatever the event is, and they're live streaming on meerkat, and it's like, Oh my God, we're like, we're here. We're seeing this in like live in class. And it's great. Like, that's what I'm freaking talking about. And it's like, what? Wake up, wake up guys. Like this is here and it's now and it's amazing. And it's so fun. And the kids get it. Like they use their little mouse fingers and they like, that's what it is now. And the culture is changing. And I think it's, it's a lot better when you, when you roll with that tide. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some of the other, um, <laughs> entrepreneurial let me just step off my soapbox <laughs> sorry that's that's what this is for um i i love your your passion about it i can tell that you're excited and engaged and you care about what you're talking about that you know it's not just like you were saying before it's not just a job it's something that you choose to do that you choose to be engaged in and when we're at that point we're so much better and so much more entertaining and enjoyable and engaging and all that kind of stuff so what are some of the other um, innovative or entrepreneurial things that you're trying to do in your school right now or that you want to do? Maybe you haven't done them yet, but that you want to start doing. You know, this year we have a really good entrepreneurship teacher and business teacher. So I'm really, really thankful and happy about that. He's he's fantastic. He really gets it and he's really good. Um, so that was a big thing for me for a while. And then I... I know it's kind of, there's a startup called buffer. Mm -hmm. It's what I use to schedule my social media posts. And buffer is a 100% transparent company. Like all of their emails within the company are available to everybody else within the company. Uh, really? fully yeah. So they offer, they operate under like a hundred percent transparency in every area of their business. And one of the areas that they're transparent is their salary schedule. And a lot of schools that have unions and stuff are fully transparent, but I just literally went, I copied Buffer's salary schedule and submitted it to my boss. Um, I changed some things around so it was more applicable to school, but 
I was really amazed that in the past there, we don't have one. We're charter school, and it was all hush hush. Don't tell anybody what the anybody else is making. And then when the administration had this turnover, it all became public what everybody mm-hmm. made, and it was like really, really that person's making that, mm-hmm. and that person's making that. It made no sense. It was all who you were friends with, and like really sketchy stuff. And now with this transparency. It would be really cool, and I think it would be amazing to reward teachers for the grade the whole school gets. Like, if our school got an – like, what if you made an extra six Gs if your school got, like, the highest rating possible? Mm -hmm. For sure, I'm going to teach the crap out of this stuff this year because that's a lot – like, for a lot of people, that's over a 10% raise. Just But all of a sudden, we tie that in, and I don't mean in a punitive sense. A lot of schools use that sort of, like – merit-based pay to be punitive and the schools that tend to do that are schools that are doing poorly already and that's very scary for teachers but what if you gave them a really good base salary and then just said hey this is a bonus right we're already going to give you something great because you're going to do the work anyways we trust you but let's give you more so i think having a fully transparent salary at my school is very entrepreneurial as well especially basing it off probably my favorite startup in the whole world yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I I looked that up while you were talking about it, and uh, just glancing at it, sound, it looks really cool. They've got a salary formula and a bunch of other things that that make that up, which I think is pretty neat. I'm gonna oh, yeah. look over that some more. I like it. Oh, it's nuts! They have like a whole dashboard for it now, as far as like the company's equity. The the fun the founders just got money during their last round of funding. They got like each of them got like a million dollars just cash. Mm-hmm. and because they gave up some of their stock to do the funding so they just took a million in cash each and they both were like yeah we got this like we just want everybody to know we're all in the up and up like at, you know where all the money goes in the mm-hmm. whole thing it's it's such a cool thing and what what if you were a school that did this what if your values were on there and how you took money in and how you were spending your money all the expenditures were on there wouldn't that be wild like nobody's ever done that like be that guy be that change that you want to see in the world. That's how I live. Yeah. So this, uh, our, my school district that I'm in now, they, they take every single new, they take every single teacher administrator contract to the board and the board approves every single one by, um, with a, a dollar amount attached to it and all, all of that. And that was something. So like in, in Utah where I came from, I just moved up here this last year in Utah, they have the newspaper who um, goes and does an open records request for the school district to get everybody's salary. And then it's really opaque because all the benefits are counted as salary. So my salary looked like it was $50,000 more than it really was. And I kept saying, well, if that's how much I'm making, I'd like to just get paid that and go find my own health insurance and other benefits and all that kind of stuff. Oh, that's so sketchy. They were putting that in there. That's yeah. Weird. So it totally blew things out of proportion. You couldn't really tell what what people were really making. It was very confusing and not good at all. And I really like what our district up here does because, you know, you would wonder what other people made down there. Up here, you don't need to wonder because, you know, at this time, in fact, this last board meeting, um, my the administrators and the teachers contracts got put before the board and then the board looked at the big list so uh, you could everybody can go in there it's part of board docs and you can see how much 
every single person is making and it's you know it's pretty cool because they're open about it and transparent about yeah. it and there's no there's no fishy business like there was in my in in utah where you know they were it just felt like they were trying to hide it so much and here that's not the case it's very open and clear and it it makes a difference because you don't you don't wonder and you don't feel those feelings that we often get when that kind of stuff happens so anyway i think that's uh that's pretty cool um so at the end of my interviews i ask uh, a question same question for everybody what is one thing that someone could do start doing today to be a transformative principal like you are so the best advice i ever got in my business was if you want to do something revolutionary in your industry is to spend zero time in it spend zero time if i'm making jujitsu geese i'm going to spend zero time watching what i'm doing and what everybody else is doing in my industry and i'm going to watch streetwear i'm going to watch food trucks i'm going to watch these other industries and see what they're doing and see how i can apply that to mine right And I think a lot of people in education, we get very caught up, like, I'm going to go to all these conferences, and I'm going to listen to principals talk about principaling, and blah, blah, blah. Man, (laughs) if you really want to, if you really want to make a difference in your school, spend zero time learning more about education, and spend way more time learning other things. Become super interested in other stuff. Like, what if instead of reading the first days of school, that stupid book for like the 50th time, you know, go out and learn. I, I'm, I'm trying to think of an example, like, you the hundred dollar startup by Chris Gillibald. Sure. Right. Learn about marketing your school, learn about how to change your brand perception in the local community, learn how to look up uh, the dip. Like if you're feeling like crap in your career, uh, look up the dip by Seth Godin, which is the, about that little dip when you either quit or you pursue, you pursue what was the word I'm looking for? Persevere and continue in your career and you make it amazing, right? Read about business, read about, you know, whatever your faith is, like find something interesting to read about for that and apply it, like show that, live that in your job. You know, there's so many other things in the world. Read a famous biography, read about friggin' Uh, Theodore Roosevelt or somebody really amazing and and then apply that to your job so start spending zero time reading more about education and educators I and this is Jethro just again my last soapbox (laughs) I promise I I'm so sick of all these books and this I just feel like it's a big I I don't have an appropriate way to just like a school appropriate way to describe this so I'm not I don't know what what other what else to say but I I don't think very highly of a lot of the education books that are coming out. It's just people trying to say the same crap and regurgitating the same crap to get more speaking gigs, to get published. Why? Because they don't want to be in the classroom anymore. And you can tell. Like when you have real classroom chops, you can tell they don't want to be there anymore. They want to make more money. They still want to be in education, but like they don't really want to do the hard work. Mm -hmm. And I don't like it. I, I look at a lot of these, you know, the new thing is like now the new buzzword you might have seen it is like all this like neuropsychology and let's look at how the brain informs 
how people learn and it's like oh what's the new buzzword in three years and then three years after that there's another new thing we're all on and that crap's all a joke if you really want to make a difference in your school start learning about something else and then apply that to your school yeah i like it um that being said still download my podcast and thanks for subscribing rating me on itunes all that kind of stuff so keep learning from me too (laughs) for sure and let me add something like if anybody is looking for like some other things to use in their schools you know if you're i'm i'm a big proponent of schools being very entrepreneurial and i put together a list of like 10 really cool free tools that i use in my business and in my school that you can use too um things like evernote and buffer and stuff like that and jethro if it's all right, I put together a list for everybody who's listening. If they go to brendanhufford.com slash principal, then they can just grab that. It's like a simple ebook. Cool. Sure. So the podcast is just, it's the Entrepreneurs in Coffee podcast, but I know that's really hard to spell because I always drop the second R and misspell entrepreneurs. So it's just eandcoffee.com. And then the best awesome. way to get in touch with me is really that just go to great. brendanhufford.com. And brendanhufford.com slash principal and just grab that uh, the ebook you and you can chat to, with me on there and there's a contact and, and everything. And that's probably the easiest way. With your OK Kimono and uh, with your podcast as well. Thanks again, Jethro. I really appreciate it. It's an, it's an honor. Awesome. Cool. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. It was great talking to you. Hey, thanks so much for listening to my podcast. I really appreciate it. It means a lot to me that you're downloading it, that you're listening to it, and that you're listening all the way here until the end. If you could do me a favor and uh, go to iTunes and rate this podcast and then share it on social media, that would be really great and I'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much and have a great day. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to this podcast. Please subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher, and please feel free to give us a rating on Stitcher Radio or on iTunes so that we can help spread the word about how much we're learning in this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Do you want to simplify your school's technology? save teachers' time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. 
When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.